Language can be powerful. It can be used to inspire, scare, elicit emotions, change minds. Language evolves and changes over time. As language changes, acceptance and usage of words are adjusted around a societal feel. It better reflects on what's going on around us. It used to be generally accepted that the word that using the word gay to describe something lame was fine. Things changed. People didn't want to associate sexual preference with mediocrity. Was that a good change? I'd argue it was. I'm sure there was some pushback at the time and even now, but we collectively moved past using gay in a derogatory sense and used it as it was originally intended as describing a homosexual person or the trait of being homosexual. I suppose we need to weigh everything on the PC scale. Do I legit think an idea or a concept needs to change? And is it possible I'm just holding on to an anti-PC idea because I'm acting like a douche? The softening of language can also have adverse effects in regards to how we perceive the severity of a topic as well. Post-traumatic stress disorder is now universally recognized for its severity, but when that term first reared its head and replaced shell shock, people shrugged it off under the idea that we all have stress. Who cares? Shell shock demands help and treatment. Stress? Meh, get over it. Words are just words. It's the context that matters most. I can laugh my ass off while listening to Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock drop an N-bomb while they perform, but the racist jerk-off who drives by a black person and yells that same word at them, that's when I start to care. It's the intent and context. Is the advancement of political correctness just quote-unquote newspeak? Remove bad words and therefore we won't be able to communicate about those topics? Did we stop thinking of them as, as well due to the removal of our vocabulary? Has the situation improved as a result? Or are we just getting our knickers in a twist? So that all being said, how do we go about this PC thing today and in the future? Do we care that Bill Burr said some things at the Grammys? Or do we just see it as the jokes he intended? Before we get some great advice from those aesthetically challenged and differently abled crew at those Canadian lads, since it's St. Patrick's Day, let's raise a glass of, a glass of Guinness to toast to good health. Brad and Bo, how are you doing this evening? Doing I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm on the wrong podcast. I think things are going to get fucking serious tonight. Hey, I, I, well, that's why I'm having I, a Guinness. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back, guys. And uh, yeah, let's let's get at her tonight. So I, I got to bring this up because I was thinking about it today. We did say like, okay, episode eighteen six six six. You know, we were joking about the devil. I'm glad we didn't do that because we don't want any bad paranormal vibes. You know, we don't want any. You know, spooky things happening. You know, we're going to have the luck of the Irish on our side tonight on those Canadian. Yes, lives. yes. I, I mean, I didn't stay in on 666. It's, you're right. Takes the vibe off. So. <laughs> hey, you got to be careful with that type of stuff. I was reading about how the prime minister of Japan doesn't live in his house because it's quote unquote haunted right now, even though it takes a million dollars a year to uptake. So, so you got to be careful of those. Yeah, bad they're vibes. out there. There's, de- there's demons. There's demons everywhere. <laughs> Sasky demons. I want to hear about these Sasky demons. Mm. So we're here tonight to talk about the change in political correctness and just kind of how things have evolved over time. Um, Bo, why don't we just jump in with you? What what are your thoughts on regards to the PC culture that we're currently facing in 2021 here? Uh, That's, you know, I kind of see this cancel culture as a real threat to the, the mainstream culture of the West. Um, I kind of see it as coming in as chaos. It's coming in hard. It's coming in fast. 
uh, and not to go off topic of cancel culture, but if you mix in what we're seeing in the culture with all this canceling, throw in COVID, throw in all the other things we have going on, we're in a state of of, uh, just pure chaos and, and we don't know what's going on from watching, you know, cartoons to Dr. Zeus to the Grammys. It's just, it just seems to be all guns a blazing at our Western culture. And I, I just, I don't really know. I, 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 I said once before on the other part, anything woke, I don't support it. Like I can't get behind uh, any of the woke stuff. If we did stuff in the past that was bad and, and wrong, that's the past. I mean, we can't go back and judge everything we did. We just can't. We'll we'll never get anywhere as a society. You just, you can't do it. You, I mean, back in 18, the 1800s, uh, things were different. Same as the 1950s, same as the 1960s. These cultures, cultures always evolving. So you, to sit there and stare back at 30 years ago, what was right and what was wrong, that's just a waste of time. It, and it's going to create division it's going to create chaos, and that's what we're seeing. It's just, it's a bad, bad thing to be doing. I, I, I feel like we shouldn't even be entertaining it. I find it interesting that, you know, there's people out there that they like, their sole either purpose in life is to focus in on, you know, what has gone bad or what's going bad in the past, right? Like, you know, there there's people digging up things, like you said, from 30 years ago that, um, yeah, we know things were screwed up back in the day, you know, right, right up till a few years ago. Right. But I think, you know, I think honestly, things are going in the right direction of making things right. You know, there's, there's definitely bad things happening. You know, there was some poor, um, uh, Muslim women that had been attacked, you know, and there's hate crimes still going on and that's terrible stuff. And, uh, we need to address that as a community and get better, as a community to make sure that these things don't occur again. But, you know, there's people looking backwards and trying to find things. There was a, a uh, I think Oliver school in Edmonton um, that the, the person who's the school's named after had either ties or was in supportive of the Ku Klux Klan, I think in the 1930s, 1920s, when there was a big movement going on uh, when obviously things were pretty effed up. Now, is that person here to defend themselves and either clarify or, you know, kind of identify what that was all about? No. So, you know, we can't do those things. We, we I don't know. That's my opinion. We can't go back and try to, you know, change the past to, you know, just make everybody, you know, okay with everything. Like, you got to also learn from the bad too right like you got to learn from what's gone on in in history right you got to learn from history you got to learn from the terrible things that have happened in our society to make them better and i think you know i truly feel as a society we're we're getting better well all all of that aside uh because i don't think you're going to get any argument out of anybody that obviously we have to evolve to a certain extent but i i know one of the things that maybe doesn't concern me but stuff obviously you read about constantly is is the cancel culture coming out of people who coming for people who aren't quote unquote politically correct. So let's not maybe go as serious as say like, uh, unfortunately, um, Muslim women being attacked in the city of Edmonton, which is ridiculous, but that's garbage. But but, uh, let's go back to example I used in the intro, but Bill Burr making fun of, uh, uh, the fact that he was a cisgendered white man uh, giving out the Grammys for the Latino uh, Latino music categories 
and uh, how a bunch of white women were going to be white women feminists were going to be upset the fact that he was the one doing it. So now I, I think Bill Burr is a good example because he's clearly somebody who does not care, and I think he's pretty conf- pretty sure in himself that his uh, his career is not in jeopardy by doing that line of joking or anything like that. But but. If we're going to go after people like him, like other comedians and everyone else who has an opinion, who can put a punchline behind it, it's like, where does that end along the way? Do we keep going after those individuals? Like, I'll, I'll bring it back to last week's episode. You you obviously don't like Pepe Le Pew uh, going on Space Jam anymore, but uh, but is it really that big of a deal? Is it, Or can we just kind of accept the joke of it and ro- roll with it to a certain extent? There's people out there, though, that like their sole goal in life is to just hammer what's going on. Like some lady on Twitter, like said, you know, white men be- deserve to be, you know, put in cages and, you know, Bill Burr, you're a fucking racist. And it's just like, wait a second, like the man's married to a black woman. He has a, a mixed race child, you two, know, two children, yeah, two children, yep. you know, like that's psychotic. Well, if well I- I- if I, Sorry, go ahead, Bob. If I could jump in for a sec, I just at the end of the day, too, like I think we need to ask ourselves who's driving this culture? Who's where's this coming from? Like growing up in the 80s, uh, the 90s, this just, just didn't exist. Like cancel culture and uh, <clears throat> you know, s- uh, censoring people, it just didn't exen- exist at all. I think back in the, the late to mid 90s, Bill Maher had a show called um politically incorrect politically incorrect yeah so he he touched on it right away way back in the late 90s that hey we're starting to be a society that's being kind of self-policed in what we say and what we do and and if you follow that suit over a long period of time that ends up into full censorship so so as a society um we have to ask ourselves if we're just going to censor everything and keep going like Pepe Le Pew is a good example like once you open the door up to do- to these things, where do you stop? Where do you stop where, hey, Pepe was canceled, so was Dot. Where do you stop? There's no stopping. It, it just you, you could go on and on canceling and canceling. So it's very unhealthy for a society. And I, 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 my big question to you two or to anyone in the to think, who's driving this? Where is this coming from? I mean, as Bill Maher mentioned earlier this week, China, China's not worrying about Dr. Zeus. If there's a Chinese guy in a Dr. Zeus book, they don't care. This, their culture is not I at think all the, concerned. So the thing the thing around the Dr. Seuss stuff is like, I, I think it was more surrounding some of the graphics that were in in the book, and that they did come off a bit. Uh, um, in poor taste in for this generation, right? Like, you know, I, I think from the Dr. Seuss side, you know, I think some of the graphics were a little bit, a uh, little bit offside for what we're used to in, in this day and age. Right. But like, and it goes back to even like, you know, some of the, the Looney Tune cartoons from back in the day that kind of showed Africans in a bad light in a, in a negative light and, you know, all the way to the back. It's a, it's from a past generation, yeah, right? And, you know, those are things we can improve. But if Brad, if you were sitting down with your family and watching the Grammys with your young daughter and, and young son, and you've seen two, two female artists faking lesbian sex on the main stage as uh, songs are being sung on the Grammys, is that, how does that fall into the culture of uh, normal for family when that's being promoted by the cancel culture elites of Hollywood? Like, so we have double speak again, we have Dr. Zeus and Pepe out the door, but we're going to have two uh, female Latino rap singers basically perform 
whatever you want to call it on a family Grammy show. So I, the double speak in the, in the, in the culture of what's good, what's bad and what's accepted. It's all, it's just, it's too, it's, it's, uh, it's just too all over the place. I just, I'm having trouble collecting myself on w- how one can be okay. And one can't be there. There is in, in, you are right, Bo, there is something to it where it's just like, yeah, it, it is. It's a uh, hypocrisy coming out again. I, I also like to congratulate you for summing that up in the whitest way possible. <laughs> That's the most Saskatchewan thing we've ever heard on this podcast. The, the, the lady rap singers, <laughs> but that, that's great. No, but doing the thing that it, they do. I'm feeling the pressure, right? I got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you are right, Bo. There is um, there is a little bit of hypocrisy going on, and I know for um, myself, I and going to going back. Sorry, your question before was where is it coming from? And I, I do, I I personally think I think it's an internal uh, Western culture thing that's going on. I think there is a generation that is maybe maybe not totally there to erase the history of what happened, but they definitely do want to overcorrect what took place at some point or another. And that, that does seem to be the, um, the message of the day. Now, I, I will say the one thing I would like to caution every, everyone from is that if we, if we dull, uh, artistic, um, expression, we're going to miss out on a lot of talented, uh, talented individuals whether it be from comedy from uh film television uh music they unfortunately there there is a thing that it's just like listen you might not agree with everything somebody says writes or puts out uh, out for media consumption but we do have to allow that that stuff to exist so we can find the stuff we like just because you disagree with it doesn't mean it should be shut out and that doesn't necessarily make it evil or politically incorrect either you know, if it's racist, I don't want to see it. If it's, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the last podcast. Like, is comedy dead? You know, if you make fun of somebody like Taylor Swift, you know, and her, you know, her, her lifestyle or her, you know, the number of, you know, guys he's been, she's been with, you know, and this is another woman making that joke, you know, on, on a TV show. Um, that that person gets called out right like there's no line anymore you know there's anything like listening to this podcast you'd be like well those guys you know what are they that's hate speech you guys are talking about you know things you don't know anything about but it's like i don't know like it's just like i think what we're trying to get at is before you like you know skewer somebody left right and center like why not have a conversation about it why not talk about these things, you know, in the public forum in a, in a positive, uh, manner. And like, I, my mind can be changed on things, you know, cause here's the thing. I bet you somebody could make both. Somebody could make the debate that, you know, Cardi B and Megan the stallion, uh, doing that on stage is artistic and, you know, you know, revolutionary from a, from an artistic standpoint, but then there's people like you and me, and I'm like, well, I don't really want my children to see that. And then on the vice versa, you know, listening to Bill Burr uh, uh, at the Grammys, uh, I giggled because what are you fucking expecting from Bill Burr? If you've ever seen mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian uh, show um, or any of the 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 anything that he's in, he tests the limits and he does not care 
about what you think. But Brad, he's come out and said it. He was on uh, Bill Maher uh, a while back, and he's like, you know, he asked like, well, you know, what about them? He's like, well, I don't give, a, I don't care what they think. It it only takes twenty people with a hashtag to go and try to ruin something, right? It's like you know, but they always say and he was kind of saying is like, yeah, they showed a clip of somebody saying something, you know, risque during a a comedy show, but in the background you're hearing people people laughing. If I could jump in, Brad, uh, I just yes, you can. I I I I, I think what, I think what you're <laughs> what you're touching on, Brad. Uh, what I, I like what you're touching on, and this is to in my opinion the foundation of a free democracy. If if we live in a free democracy, you have the right to view what you want to view. If you don't want to watch any of the stuff that offends you, you don't watch it, right? You you know, as Jeff had said one time, you as a consumer. I know you guys both like to bash my my rebel media, which is fine. You, that is your choice. <laughs> Keenan Bexty is crazy. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I can I can give I can say to you guys, yes, there I can agree with you on lots of those things. But at the end of the day, in a free democracy, as we all get up and we live in this country that we love so much in freedom, as soon as you start to run any kind of censorship and say, this is no good, this is no good, this is good. Now you're taking what you and I grew up in and everybody that's known everything in North America and you're throwing it out the window. And it's not going to be very good because once it's gone, you're not getting it back. You know, look, like the gun culture, just to go off, you know, there's a big, you know, the gun, if you look at the gun culture, every movie is is promotes guns. Uh, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, all these people wouldn't be movie stars without the gun culture. Uh, video games, all gun culture, everything's gun culture, yet then they wonder why everybody, you know, society likes to, to own a gun and go to the gun range. Well, for 30 years, you've been pumping that kind of culture to everybody through video games and movies. So again, we have to ask ourselves, where does this stuff come? And then all of a sudden they want to cancel it. It's the same as, uh, you know, the, the, you talk about racism. Well, how many movies have you and I all watched over the, our, our 40 years of life that have had massive amounts of racism in the movie to make the movie? The movie was made because it's racial. It's got, it's got all sorts of things that are by rights, extremely violent, extremely racist, extremely, male chauvinistic but that's what made the movie we're not going to go watch little hobo or you know little house on the prairie at the theater we're just not we, we've been induced to that culture now they're like well that's no good but but for 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 the dawn of time that's what the culture has been that's what artistic has been that and if you don't like the movie and if you don't want to see the movie you don't pay you don't go see the movie that that's just i think we're on a very slippery slope and I think that if we aren't careful, we're going to look back and go, what, what happened? How did we lose everything? I don't think. Well, I don't think there's ever, I don't think there's ever a point where you look backwards and say, oh, we've lost it. It's kind of like you, you either adapt or, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. Right. Like it's, we're in the middle of a, like a, a huge, I think like cultural shift, right. In regards to politically correct, you know, um, like political correctness, right? Like Jeff, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, as I said, I, I think there is, there is a shift going on and I will, 
as going to Bo's point, uh, all the three of us are roughly the same age, roughly the same demographic, even though I just made fun of Bo for describing the Grammy experience. But but it, we're all roughly the same age and same demographic. Uh, we all grew up watching those those action movies. We all grew up watching the same probably comedy. We probably, if you all sat us in front of The Hangover, we'd all probably laugh at the same things in a movie such as that. And I do, I do wonder where maybe that shift took place because it does seem to be the the maybe not the generation below us but maybe even the generation well maybe it is the generation below us but they maybe there isn't that appetite for that type of humor or content or anything going out and i i'm, I'm kind of saying things i don't truly believe as well i, I just i'm trying to figure out what bo is what bo's articulating as well is where does where did this shift take place and i'm not i'm not entirely sure where it did because in my opinion, the things I find enjoyable and laugh at and would like to enjoy as a culture, uh, I still think it's fine. But somewhere along the way, it changed. Now, uh, to Brad's point, too, like there is evolution that has to take place. Um, I use I use the uh, example of calling something gay uh, because it's lame or it was stupid. Like we moved past that as a general as a general society. And I think that was a good move because. Quite frankly, we had um, we had a little bit of a cultural awakening when it came to that type of stuff. But yes, I, I would say like nobody on this podcast would ever want to make somebody feel bad. No. I think honestly, we wouldn't want to make someone feel bad by the words that we say. Yeah, actually, maybe I'll expose myself a little bit. I actually don't care too much uh, about that. Like, I'm listen. Somebody can disagree with me entirely, and I I welcome somebody to say you. I, I don't like the words you say or the things you talk about. That's totally fine by me. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to necessarily tiptoe my way through life or the things I want to enjoy because somebody might find it offensive. Now, that's not to say that like when I see my uh, 13-year-old niece or 11-year-old nephew that I'm like, hey, we're going to go blast some Tupac and you're going to listen to this and you're going to get down with what I listen to. Like, I don't, I don't need to expose them to that stuff. They're too young. But at a certain point, I think they should have the option – to go listen to that type of stuff or laugh at the same things I la- laughed at. Well, if you guys are interested, I could maybe give a little insight to where I think it's coming from. It might be labeled conspiracy a bit if we, if you want to, but I, I that, think it's, that's it, why you're on Bo. <laughs> that's why you're on. <laughs> hey, here we go. Here we go. Here Line we go. it up, Bo. So, Hey, like, so let, let's just step back for a minute. I think we can all agree that the universities are labeled a main hub of, of cancel culture and a driver of culture for, for our generation below us. And I, and I can, I'm going to extend that even from K to 12, but the universities have been labeled a major hub for indoctrination. And a lot of people uh, will agree to that on both sides that this has been labeled a major issue. So once we've established that the universities are a major issue, I'd like to take the next dot and go to, who has been funding our universities? Has there been foreign influence into those universities? And where has that foreign influence of money and, and capital been coming from? Well, there has been lots of people saying... Good direction. There's been lots of people saying that a lot of money has been funneling into our universities for a very long time from China and, and influencing uh, our profs and influencing our culture. So... You want to, I don't know, to me, it all might kind of make sense. I, I, I don't have a hard time getting behind okay. that, but. I'm going to poke just a hole in that. That will go ahead. Yeah, please. How, how does that even work? How does what work? 
like how, what do you mean like money being flown floated in like are they like how does that even like i'm trying to wrap that around my head it's like how would that even work well, the way it works is like all these universities have different profs, different projects, the science departments, uh, um, even the U of S here in Saskatoon has a, as a, as a, as certain stuff going on and they need research money. They need different kind of money. And, and then you have uh, outside co- countries like China, very influential. They, they flow tons of cash all through our, the major universities in the United States and Canada and they fund and they fund and they get the way the benefit to that is they get their hands into our our institutions number 1 number 2 they can then once they get a really good um relationship they have influence within the school i mean i know it sounds a little bit like conspiracy to the someone who's not really dialed in on that portion but our CSIS has pointed out that's a major threat the us has pointed out it's a major threat that china has infiltrated all of our institutions they've put spies in every every organization brad being an alberta boy you you would have known about nortel nortel was 100 percent destroyed from china it re re-engineered all that stuff nortel went down due to china so this is a real threat in all of our institutions. And I honestly do believe that they're they're influencing our culture. I mean, the more that we become canceled, the more we become communist, the more we lean to socialist, communist uh, uh, mindset. And, 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 and we all know China's trying to take over the world. I mean, you don't you'd have to be living under a rock not to know that. So this stuff to me isn't that hard to connect. It's like they've got the money. They've got the 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 outlook. They've got the, they know where they're going in the world. They're not they're not worrying about the latest Instagram pic. They're, the the CCP is looking for world domination and and to do to become the leader of the world. You must take down the Western Hemisphere. How are you going to do that? You have to erode the culture. How do you erode the culture? You get into the schools. You buy the elites. You take down the, the system, and you do it over a long, long period of time. It's not done in a week. It's not done in a month. It's not done in five years. It's done over 30, 40, 50 years. And all of that, in my opinion, has come home to roost. That's what we're facing right now. We're facing these institutions uh, being rotted out for 30, 40 years, and nobody being able to kind of really, you know, we're just starting to realize we got major issues here, and we don't know where it came from. But that's... I don't even, you know, if we want to label it conspiracy, I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. But that, to me, we we have people that have influenced our institution. The, the, the infiltration is not conspiracy. Like even today in the news, um, Joe Biden came out and and basically said that they're going to hold Russia accountable because there is now, you know, proof that they've tried to, you know, um, interject into the 2020 U.S. election, right? That's coming out, you know, as an official statement from the um, the, the U.S. administration, right? So um, to say that there are other governments, be it, you know, China, Iran, Russia, you know, that are trying to, you know, the, the most powerful country in the world, it's they're the big dog. They got the target on their back, right? To stay in power, you got to, you know, keep ahead of everyone, it, right? It, so. And if I could just add one quick thing, all those countries you just listed, Brad, are all heavy, heavy uh, dictatorship, communist, socialist systems. The only free system running is really North America, like Canada and the U.S. are the heart of the democracy. And really the U.S. is. Canada just kind of floats along with the U.S., but if you can take the U.S. down, there's no more threat to any of that dictatorship system. That Once they can erode that system, there's no, you know, then you've got a full dictatorship system around the world. And I, and I think 
personally, that that's kind of the end goal here is to is to get things censored, to get things controlled, to get things under, you know, under and you're seeing it, you're seeing it in everything. Like it's just uh, it's I mean, if I I'll let Jeff jump in here. <laughs> I've been brabbling. So go ahead, Jeff. Uh, give us your thoughts. <laughs> No, I, I, I said I was fine to listen. That's good. No, I actually like uh, maybe in a surprising uh, statement, I, I'm probably not going to follow you down the path the entire way there. But I do believe that there is, uh, as I said, we've already discussed it. CSIS has acknowledged that uh, Huawei being involved in the universities in Canada is a detriment to Canadian security and to and to uh, just generally any scientific methods that are being put into the technology that they're going into, that's a viable threat via the Canadian military and our secret police, or no, sorry, our special force police. But but there is something to that, whether or not it's going all the way down to uh, altering our culture, and that's how you kind of work your game plan. But you know, there, there is something to that in regards to countries trying to influence each other via different methods, and whether it be... Hey, listen, we're going to get involved in your universities and we're going to develop our own technology based upon the work in your universities. That That's that's still something. Is it getting to the point where we're going to alter how your younger generations think and how they want to approach and then therefore treat the elder generations? I, I'm not fully prepared to follow you down that path, but as it is, it, you call it conspiracy. Is it is it completely out of left field? No, it's not completely out of left field in my opinion, because I'll, I'll say that countries, even in the Western Hemisphere, the United States has always uh, exuded pressure and influence on other countries. Um, whether it be right or wrong, I probably would say that for the most part, outside of a few foreign policies I disagree with, I think they've done it for the betterment of the world to the, for the most part. But every country is trying to influence each other a little bit. It's just how they go about it. So is it totally far-fetched? No, I, I don't find it totally far-fetched. Bradley? I don't think it's far-fetched in the sense that people are trying to influence their, you know, essentially, you know, dominance over the world, right? Like this, the CPC, this isn't a, you know, an individual thing about the Chinese people. This is about the Chinese government and their their agenda, right? They, they do have an agenda and... Um, you know, I don't know if it's world domination, but it's definitely to have themselves as the the dominant um, superpower in the world. You know, you can you can totally see it by the size of their military, uh, by the size of their infrastructure and what they've done over the last, you know, 30, 40 years, over the last number of decades. You know, they're building parts of the world. They're, you know, they're intertwined, you know, in Africa and the Middle East and the, in their own country, right? Look what they did at the beginning of COVID. They built a, you know, 40,000 bed hospital in days. Yeah. And then they locked the world down or not the world. They locked their country down because they're an authoritarian state, you know, so they're, they, they can move things quickly. For a country the size of their pot with the size of their population and their size as in geography, they can move quickly. Whereas we have bureaucrats, we debate every you know if you're gonna you know take a fart or not. You know, I've been watching the is it the Kleinberger we scandal has come back into the news, right? Like, you know, it's we're sitting there you know doing filibusters all day, and the there's other parts of the world you know actually getting things done. Well, the the government and I know 
I whether I'm right or wrong, and Bo would say that there are parts of the government that obviously have their shit together, but I would I would say that's another example of the fact that we don't have our shit together when it comes to our governance. We're we're slow moving. It's like it's like uh, turning an ocean liner. It takes forever to do it. And as a result, we lose a lot of traction in regards to betterment of what's going on around us. But I, I, I want to draw it back just a little bit back to the political correctness of everything. And uh, we can always jump back into everything we want to talk about. But do you guys know who Milo Yiannopoulos is? I do. You've talked to him, uh, about him a little bit on the show. I've never I, do- dove I, into this. I, I know him a little bit. I know who he is. He's pretty right wing. Um I don't, I actually haven't really listened to him, but I know of him. So Milo for without really give like, do do I agree with the things he says and does? I'm going to probably say no, but it's entertaining to a certain extent. But for a very high level view of Milo Yiannopoulos is that he was a, I'll call him a provocateur in regards to touring around American universities, giving speeches and, Effectively, with his staunch right-wing beliefs and the fact that he was over the top, uh, over the top in regards to his sexuality, uh, he drew a lot of negative press and a lot of negative attention. But one of the things that I kind of liked about Milo, and he's actually come back in the news because apparently he he prayed the gay away, which was it's pretty amazing. In my he's, he's, no, he's no longer he's, gay. He's no longer gay. He's uh, actually he's, he's still married to a man too. Who he said he's like, well, luckily I'll be able to keep him in Porsches and jewelry every year. So, so I guess he's got a, I guess he's got enough money to be able to balance back and forth. But I, I kind of do like individuals like that, even if they are offensive in reverse that they push the envelope and they try to and they make people uncomfortable. And I kind of like we're talking about what's transpiring currently, but how do we if we feel the need to combat that? How do we do it? Do we do it with individuals like Milo Yiannopoulos or uh, Bill Burr telling jokes or Bill Maher? How, how do we how do we push back against that? If need be, if need be. Well, one thing like Andrew Breitbart had said, you know, culture or politics is downstream from culture. So if you, you know, whatever the culture is, the political scene and, and the driver will 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 follow the culture. So, I mean back to this cancel culture, which we want to stay on. Um, the next question is what is the end result by driving all this canceling? Where does this go? Like, obviously, you know, like Brad alluded that, you know, you can sit down with your family and hopefully you not be offended with, with a certain racist tone in, in a movie. And, and that's all good. Like I, I wouldn't want anyone to sit there and watch racist stuff with young kids, but at the end of the day, I just, I don't, I think I, I'd want to see racist stuff at all, to be honest with you. Like, well, it's, yeah, no, you're right. No, I agree, but unless I, it's like a, it's an education to me. Like if, if it's something educational, like that's going to enlighten me and bring me up to speed on something obviously terrible well, that's happened a, here's in, a good, in like, society. Here's a, here's a good question, actually. I just now that you brought it up, Brad. So if you're watching, like uh, Jeff alluded to, the arts and to movies and to artists. So if you pay and watch a movie that has racism in the movie to make the movie, that is a totally different type of racism than somebody walking into their workplace and yelling and screaming at um, a coworker in a racist form. Like, are those two things the same? Are are they different? Like, no. The movie- so, I mean, I, I, I don't see them the same. Like the movie to me uh, is an artist uh, you've paid. You knew the movie was going to have racism in it. 
So it's up to you whether you want to see it. But and obviously someone going into the workplace and yelling and screaming and, and causing a racial. So that's completely off limits for everybody. No one wants to see that. So I just don't know, like what, you know, I know where I stand, but I don't know. I don't, we're just called like, we're, you know, as we're progressing down the road of movies, cartoons, books, you know, the list and list, like where, like you had said earlier in the podcast, Jeff, where does the artist and the culture become so dull and gray and just like cement, like that we don't have anything left. So I, I think we have to ask ourselves at the end of the day, where does this end up? Like I, I doesn't end up anywhere really, it's such a slippery slope. I just, I don't know. I, I, I want to ask Brad really quickly. So um, I just want to make sure I understand where you're coming from. And I, I don't, quite frankly, whatever opinion you have is whatever you have. But let, let's go back to using The Hangover as an example. So I, I believe that uh, you, you like that movie. Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that was a great movie. It was the top written, number one rated R movie of all time when it came out. So Ken Jeong... Yeah. who most of his scenes are could be you could make an argument that they're racist against Asians because he's playing oh, totally. to the stereotype. So are you okay with that? Because earlier it made it sound like you weren't okay with that any longer. Good point. That's a tough Jeff. one. That's right? a good because point, Jeff. I like that. I like that's that. a great point. You're right. Like what like there's the slippery slope, right? It's like that movie's only like ten nine ten, ten years, years yeah, ten years ago. Like, so and, listen, yeah, if, maybe if, that if, Maybe that legit- is. Maybe I would feel uncomfortable watching. I haven't watched it yeah. since it came out. And if you legit feel uncomfortable, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to argue with you about that. That's how you feel. I, I, I don't care. But I, in my opinion, because I know I'm comfortable with those scenes because I rewatched it semi recently. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm good with that stuff. And same with like things like Borat. And I, I know I'm really bringing it onto the comedy realm of things. It, it's because I think that's what's under attack more than anything. Yeah, to be I'm honest. not sitting here so, on a, on a. a- I'm not sitting here preaching that, you know, mm-hmm. I've never laughed at anything inappropriate or said anything inappropriate. No, of course not. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know what, like, I'm definitely not, like, here's the thing, like, things that bother me are when either you, you're getting bullied for the way you look or the way you sound or the way, you, like, like I mentioned on the podcast, the, the lady on Twitter who was obviously, like, I've watched her and she's very, you know, coming off from a left wing point of view, but it was okay to make fun of a right wing Dem- or Republican um, uh, congressman who has an eye patch and they were making fun of him because he's an eye patch. And when I called her out, uh, they, she deleted the tweet and, you know, sent me on my merry way, like dismissing me. And it's like, well, no, where do you get off, you know, spewing your stuff? And then, yeah, I, it's such a. I, I think it's such a not a double edged sword. It's uh, it's hypocrisy. It is. There's so much hypocrisy. Like it's it's crazy. People will say one thing and then do the other, you know. And then when they get called out, especially with the other side of the fence, and in, in regards to the left wing side, you know, then it's like, well, no, I didn't mean it that way, or I didn't that I it, it a bully's a bully is a bully. Well, Brad, that kind of, that falls in between the two narratives. I said, oh, the, the workplace one where you've got a belligerent worker just being racist, which everyone would disagree with is wrong. And then you have the movie and the art side that we all watch. I mean, almost every movie I can think of has some form of racism. I just watched Yellowstone. Yellowstone is a fairly new series. It's got, ra- you know, everything really, if you wanted to, I, you could almost 
I, you'd hard, be hard hard pressed not to find a lot of movies that don't have something offensive. And then right in the middle of those two, you brought social media in, Brad. So social be- media being Twitter, we know what that's like. It's a very toxic environment. It's not the workplace. You're not in front of someone that you work with. You're not in a movie. You're right in the middle. So I don't know. It is a slippery slope, Brad. And, and I, like, I, I'm firmly against uh, anyone being racist in, 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 uh, in a real life scenario, but anything that's movie, cultural book, TV, I'm hundred percent. You know what? You don't like it. You don't consume it. You don't, you don't look at it. Um, Social media, that's in my take on social media. You, if you're on Twitter, you kind of know what you signed up for. Like if lots of people don't go on Twitter because it's that toxic. If you're going to play on Twitter, you got to expect to see some gross, gross, ignorant uh, people. That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is ignorant. It's like people just go on there and they're spewing their views of the world. But when you get called out for something that, you know, somebody doesn't agree with, you know, don't take this holier than thou attitude. That's kind of where I'm getting at with this whole eye patch thing. I'm not a Dan Crenshaw fan. I don't, you know, whatever. Like he does, though. He does sit on the, I think, the congressional group for the UFO stuff that we love to talk about. But uh, uh, that's a that's for another topic and <laughs> another podcast. But um, that being said, you know, it's just like it 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 bothers me just the hypocrisy, like the lady who, who comes out at Bill Burr and calls him a fucking right. You're a fucking racist. You know, it's like, wait a second. Do you even know who Bill Burr is? And like, yeah, you, you're just casting I, him with like, oh, just poison. Right. And like, open your eyes. If it makes you feel better. Cause, um, uh, Nia, his wife had responded to somebody who underneath that Bill Burr, uh, thread had effectively said like, Oh, just because he has a black wife doesn't mean he's racist. He could have a effectively a a, a slave for a wife. Oh, God. and it, people have been and it's somebody asserted that some they've people have been known to do that, which I, I find hard to believe. But uh, Nia responded pretty good with "fuck you, bitch" to the guy. So I'm just like, yeah. But I I will say, and actually, that I didn't even mean to make this bridge, but uh, Bill Burr's wife Nia's response to such absurdity is I think that's our path out of this, to be honest, is that when it comes to uh, things being declared politically incorrect or people attempting to shut down uh, culture, art, is we ignore it for all intents and purposes, is that we just go about our merry way and we just disregard those calls of action to shut things down and we let the people who want to drive culture by putting material out there put it out for consumption. And then we pick and choose like Boa said about how, what we want to ingest. And if you choose not to listen to a certain, um, a certain artist, or you don't want to see a certain show, or you don't want to go to a comedy club and see a particular comedian, fine. That's, that's you voting with your dollar, go right ahead and do it. But I think, I think truth be told, if everyone who wants to produce uh, art and produce culture wants to put it out there and keep putting it out there one way or another, I think we will just work our way through this. And, you know, I seen a meme the other day. How did the culture that was raised on South Park Family Guy and The Simpsons become so sensitive? That's that's still I'm still having a hard time fathoming um, just how 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 this all came to be. 
I just, I mean, like I said, this culture behind us, the generations behind us that are more woke, they were raised with the Simpsons. They were raised with uh, this, this snuck out of nowhere. Like it just seemed like it came up quick, fast and hard. And um, I just, I just, I'm having a hard time seeing really, uh, you know, I mean, you know, like uh, Jeff, you'd said, we're all the close to the same age. Uh, When I was 30, which was 10 years ago or so I, I didn't, there wasn't much that, you know, if it was around, it was low key. There's just, this has come on hard and fast. And I just, I just can't fathom why and how it's come to be like this. Though so, you know, I'll give you, there are some benefits all out of all this. I, you know, I go back to the bullying, you know, side of things, you know, there's less, well, hopefully there's less kids being bullied and there's less, kids being, you know, subjected to the bad things of growing up, right? Be it, you know, other kids making fun of them for the way they look or the way they act or their, you know, learning indifferences, things like that, right? Like uh, I'm exposed to that kind of stuff with, with my family situation. And that's my biggest fear in life is seeing my child go through something in that kind of negative manner, but I'm also not going to raise him um, to be, you know, it's just, that's the thing. I think it comes down to maybe the parenting and, you know, I think that's where you, I could see you wanting to jump in there, Jeff. No, no. I, I, as I said, I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yes. Unfortunately, we would like to do away with all this negative stuff in regards to let's focus on bullying. We want to, we've talked, we talked with Ed's about this. How, how has bullying changed in the school environment since you and I came up through school, but uh, I don't think it's it's unfortunately, I think it's like racism. It can never be completely done away with because somebody's going to be raised the wrong way. But th- the counteract to that is raising your child the right way. And it's just like, hey, listen, uh, you might be told a few things growing up. We, I'm sure at one point or other, all of us were insulted by a classmate or a friend and you took it to heart and you were upset. But I think the key is being taught and learning how to deal with that as opposed to the fact that it takes place because we're never going to do away with all of it. No, I would agree. Just raise your kids You're like never Bo, rid of all throw it. punches. MMA kids, well, throw and, punches. Nobody's going to mess and, with and, the MMA kid. And Brad, to, to, to go to the schools, the schools are much different now, right? Hands off this, you know, from when we all went to school, the culture of the school and the way the teachers look at that stuff, it's just, there's zero tolerance. There's just, from what I've seen, there's just zero tolerance for bullying. So, I mean, and that's a good culture of bullying. Mm-hmm. It is a good thing. I mean, we don't want we don't want kids coming home beat up, black eyed, and not wanting to go to school. That's not that's not acceptable. And and it should it should uh, you know I mean I when I was in school I had a grade six teacher that tore a desk in half and bounced me you know bounced people off walls. That just that just that was what kind of school right? do you guys have in Saskatchewan? I, I had a principal walk around with a golf club and would like yeah. point it at kids. It's like weird things like that, right? Our junior high teacher used to peel kids in intramural street hockey into the cement walls. <laughs> it was the most incredible. I saw so much violence in my junior high school. Well, and it was it was insane. And it was the, the teacher on the kids. He was letting out his frustrations for these stupid brats. <laughs> well, you two guys are big hockey fans. And you know who my high school gym teacher was? Tiger Williams, brother. And he was, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, quite a, quite a, you know, 
I, I, I don't even want to get into it because there'd be people listening to the podcast, but having Tiger's brother <laughs> as a gym teacher, that Mr. Woodcock times 10, it was, it was nuts. Literally. But yeah, no, Brad, the culture in the schools have changed in some, in some good ways. I would agree with that bullying and, and, and people are just more tuned into, to, um, you know, uh, um, just the way people's interactions are and mental health, mental health is huge with kids. So I, I yeah, it, the culture is doing some good, but I, I, I'm very concerned with canceling and, and, and just kind of deplatforming everything. I think that's a very, very scary place to be going. I, I totally believe in the capitalist market. You don't want it. You don't buy it. You don't have to go see it. You, you can turn the TV off. You can switch the channel. You can do whatever you need to do. And and the culture, in my opinion, isn't built in the schools and the university. The culture is built in the home. You know, it's the parents' job to to build the culture of their children and their offspring, to to create nice, good, polite humans that have independent thought, that can critically think. And when the teacher is spewing stuff to, to in a polite way, question the teacher. Think, you know, just, just because society spews out all these this is the way it is. It doesn't mean you can't stop the question. That's the problem we have right now. A lot of it too, is we just have a whole society of lapping up the indoctrination of the, of the system. And, and uh, I, I just, I feel like we need to create critical thinkers, people who question, question doctors, question everybody. We, we've just, we've become so um, used to just being told this is what it is without any questions. And it's, it's getting quite. Jeff, are you going to question concerning anytime soon? Ron canceled my appointment, so maybe maybe I pushed him over the edge. <laughs> so, Son of a bitch! Doesn't I, I got, even call me doctor. I gotta I gotta call him back to get my thing. But no, but but to, to Bo's point, um, I said I I'm not necessarily one to question uh professionals. I I will point out that like um because of some of my education and my interest in uh personal training and stuff like that, there has been a pushback in the physical therapy world where uh, something as simple as ice on an injury or, or, or post-surgery, doctors are telling their patients to do that, but the science has proven that that's a bad move, that you don't want to reduce that inflammation uh, during recovery so that you can bounce back. But So in that same breath, I'm not one to question professionals and people who go to school for their areas of study, but I will say that I, I'm completely comfortable with um, questioning people's intent and what the motives are behind what they want. Um, once again, going back to last week's previous podcast, we discussed Pierce Morgan disliking slash questioning uh, Meghan Markle's intentions and what she was after. And as I said, I really don't have a thought either way, but I, I'm completely comfortable with him questioning what she has to say. And I do think that we do have to look critically at what people are uh, attempting to do and why they're saying and doing the things they want to. That was just a PR stunt. That was pure and simple, just selling a brand, in my opinion. But um, I, you know, like I said on the pod last week, is like if she had serious mental health issues, things like that. Um, and I, I can't see why she wouldn't, in a sense. That's one of the most pressure situations you probably could be in. You're in the public eye at the at the nth degree in regards to being connected to the to the evil royal family right but uh um that being said you know i, I want to change i just want to change the tone a little bit i have a question for both of you if that's okay I guess yeah it's brad, can i say one thing on, <laughs> it's, uh, brad, brad, okay, can, you go brad, ahead can i say I'll... one thing on megan uh, go ahead just what you Did said you on megan. this week i 
Yeah, no, I did. I did too. Not really, but enough to get the two. But now I've seen with she's wife? actually made a request. Uh, no, no, no. But she's now listed herself <laughs> to say she might run for president. So if you're sitting on Oprah saying you got mental issues and thought about committing suicide, how the following week do you come out and tell the public I might run for president? That's crazy. You can't yeah, say the week say before that, on Oprah that, that just, you're that you're you're. Is that fake news, though? No, I, I'm pretty sure there's been. Well, I might. Have you gotta quote the source. Come from Kian. Didn't come from. Didn't come from Kian, but hey. <laughs> I did see it in three different articles that she's mentioned uh, mentioned she might run for president. But Brad, ask your question. Okay. Before Brad asks this question, I do have to point out that I like that the most polite interactions we have on this podcast or when Bo's on here, everything is led with, may I ask a question? If I may jump in, it's just, I think we're a little bit too polite with Bo's around <laughs> to a certain extent, but Brad, ask your question. So my question is this. So well, obviously was, I, this is the political I ra- rodeo. I was, ra- a l- I was raised right, right? You were raised right. Yeah. Good Sasky upbringing. Yeah. That's right. Rider yeah. football and Pilsner. All right, Brad, ask your question. All right, I'm going to ask question. <laughs> Here's a go. Here's my go at it. So this is kind of linked to the, the political rodeo. So over the last uh, week or so, um, the Alberta government has the war room. And the, the war room is set up to uh, obviously protect the Alberta economy and, you know, try to go after things that are, are lo- making us look bad in, in a political light and, and all that what are your boys' thoughts on the Bigfoot situation from the Netflix cartoon that uh, was released a couple weeks ago and uh, and paints a, a negative picture around the oil industry? Bo, I'll let yeah, you take you the lead. First. Oh, okay, I'll take the lead. <laughs> uh, yeah, take the lead. You know, you know, Brad. Um, I can kind of I can kind of see where the war room and Kenny are going with it. I mean, you just heard me go off about you know, canceling anything or, or really, uh, so I'm kind of against, you know, highlighting or trying to shut anything down that, that I'm not in favor of, but I think he's okay to, to just highlight it and say, <laughs> Hey, uh, you know, uh, we see this as a little negative. I don't think to ask for a shutdown, but I mean, in the, if we're going to fight fire right now with fire and that's the world we're in, um, we have to play by the same rules in a way. And, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I don't, it, it's kind of pretty small and minute, but uh, I don't, I just, yeah, I, it's probably doesn't deserve. <laughs> you're having a difficult time here. with this, Bo. You're, yeah, you're yeah. not selling me on this. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay, Bo. Much, it, I'm, I'm going to sum it up. It doesn't deserve much attention. Really, at the end of the day, I, I it's a nothing burger. And, and at the end of the day, Kenny can make mention of it with his war room. But other than that, I don't really have much to say about it. It's kind of low on the pole. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably follow up Bo with a similar opinion. Now, I but but Brad, you might have to correct me, but I, I do believe that they they when the letter got sent to Netflix, they didn't actually ask for it to be taken off of Netflix, and they didn't ask for them to stop showing it. They mainly just wanted to draw attention to the fact that it's not uh, a legit uh, view of how the oil industry works. Uh, I, I would say if we're going to point out to every cartoon that reality doesn't exist, like in cartoons, then we got to write a letter for every cartoon that exists, especially every Bugs Bunny cartoon. So I, I will say for the most part, I, I do find it to be much of a nothing burger. Now, I will say, though, too, people are like, 
well, how dare this war room focus their efforts on this? I'm like, they sent a letter. It probably took somebody three and a half minutes to write. It wasn't really much. So anyways. I, I think, though, what it is, though, they're, they're, this $30 million war room or whatever it's budgeted at is spending time focusing on things like that, right? Like, I think that's where the, but the issue the- is sitting, right? Is that why the hell are you focusing in on the stupid kids show that nobody's going to even watch? Yeah, I kids skip Brad, right by it. They're like, I don't want to watch this stupid show. But, but if we all, if we do a three sixty here into our whole podcast, what the war room's pointing out is we've you know th- that's how you inflict culture change, right? You start young, you start with cartoons. I mean, I'm stretching it a bit, but at the end of the day, that's exactly what we're talking about: influencing the culture. And, you know, yeah, it's one cartoon and it's, it's minor, but you know, pretty soon it's 15 cartoons and pretty soon it's on every Saturday and pretty soon it's, it's, so then all of a sudden you've got a culture that's completely, uh, well, where we're at right now, completely disgusted with the, uh, the way our currency holds value with our energy sector. So I can see, I can, I can see the point of, of pointing it out. I mean, you know, in the, in the world we're in right now, I can see why he did it, but this is where culture starts at a young age. Like these young kids are malleable. I mean, their minds are open to things and, and you just, you, you define your culture and what you like and what you don't like by you're kind of developing all through those younger ages. And if it's beat into your head that this is no good, this is no good. This is no good. It's a hard reverse to get that out. The the war room should show FUBAR too as a counteract to it when the, they go pipelining outside of Fort Mac and get all their money and they come to West Edmonton mall. Like, so that's what the Alberta government should be promoting. They can show Diener and how much he like, how much he got with the oil that, industry. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's that'd be canceled. Immediately. <laughs> I'd like to think we've evolved from that point. Oh, I, don't I, know. I love there's, those movies. They're hilarious. There's a lot of nuts on trucks uh, around these days. So, uh, um, but that being but said, you, know, you, kind of, you hit a good point. No, I, I'm, I, I need to touch on a point though. You're, you do make a good point. So my son has a book. It's called Gecko's Garage, and he loves Gecko's Garage because Gecko and the mechanicals love to fix things and, um, you know, weld and put things together, and it's really cool, right? Like he's learning about um, industrial type stuff and how things work. That being said, there's a book called. Uh, uh, I think Bobby, the, the, the bus goes electric and uh, I'm not saying electric cars are bad, but if we're talking about, you know, putting things into kids' heads, you know, Bobby, the bus is runs on diesel and he puts out dirty smoke. Um, so wouldn't you like to be clean? Like Evie, the car, wouldn't you like to be a, a clean car or not like a bad smoky bus, you know, things like that. Right. So um, there is that type of, you know, stuff going on in, in kids' books and kids' culture, and they're they're being driven, obviously, down that road of, of you know, you know, fossil fuels are bad, right? And, and in my opinion, yeah, there's probably some bad things going on, but we can do a lot of good things in the in energy sector to help improve that. And that's the, I think that's where you're going to try to go, is that they're, they're not investing in areas that are trying to educate the, the general public, especially in a city where we have mostly government, you know, employees that sit probably left wing of the, uh, 
the left of the political spectrum that, you know, are very judgy in regards to the energy sector in Alberta that drives the Canadian economy, which is completely destroyed right now. So um, I have no idea where I'm going with this. So. <laughs> I was completely well, willing Brad, to let that Brad, train just run out of Brad, track. At, at the end, <laughs> oil. Uh, Brad, um, if we th- if we think this is bad now with what we got going on, if this continues with Netflix shows and books and and what what you're talking about, and we just let that just continue on like it is, what do you think in 20 more years when when uh, I mean there the, the whole system? I mean it's going to be completely shut down. Now maybe we'll have a different energy source and we don't need fossil fuels. I have no idea, but the way it looks like right now, everyone still has a pipeline running in their house to heat them. And uh, we're not going anywhere from fossil fuels anytime soon that I can see. But by destroying, by having everybody indoctrinated that um, that uh, that's all bad, 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 that's fine if you have a replacement for it. We don't have a replacement. Solar and wind are strictly, uh, you know, just more of a Band-Aid. They're not going to be able to power our uh, our cities and homes with that. So until there's a replacement, it's kind of a bad bad um idea to have society completely indoctrinated to the uh, wealth of your nation that it's no good it's 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 once again it's back to that thing who's driving the culture where who's who's coming up with these ideas and i mentioned before on one of the podcasts that our dollar is tied to the energy sector we run around with a petrodollar when oil goes up our dollar goes up when oil goes down our dollar goes down so essentially if you want all the oil and shut you down you're saying i want to live that as i well. want pesos I want pesos. Oh, go ahead. Dead air. <laughs> We've got some dead air. I, I'm comfortable being alone. So, um, yeah. I, Deep thoughts with those Canadian lads. <laughs> I think like, oh, uh, yeah, I... Oh, we've touched on a lot of things, obviously, and we've we've gone out a path. Now, I, I think uh, I think in summation, before we kind of wrap up, yeah, there there is something to be said about the fact that there is there is information and uh, oh, messages being sent to the our younger generations, and there is influence, just like there's influence in everything we have going on in regards to hey, don't you want to be more like this as opposed to like this in the future? So. Uh, but to, I think Bo had said it earlier, it's like, you can affect that culture at home. And I think it's, I think that's where the responsibility lies. If, even if your kids are going to get injected with some of this information and some of this art, uh, however you want to call it, uh, at home, you can, you can tell your kids, Hey, well, here's some other information. Here's some other things. And then you choose, they get to, they get to hear both sides of the story. If you happen to disagree with that other side. And I think that's where the responsibility lies. That's a great point, Jeff. You know, that's really, really interesting. Like, well, the, it was Bo's kids... point, technically. So. Well, Bo, that's a great point, Bo. Great point, Jeff and Bo. Great, great stuff. Uh, but I agree with you 100%. If my kids come home and start spewing that, you know, dad, what you do for a living is killing, you know, the earth and all this kind of stuff, I'm going to educate them on, well, actually, no, it's not. It's the way the, you know, uh, the economy and the world works right now. And there's, like Bo said, there's no solution moving forward to completely flick a switch and change this over. So um, those fancy gap jeans you got and uh, that scooter you ride um, is paid for essentially by, um, you know, the, the thing that drives our economy in Canada, and that's uh, that's oil, gas, and energy. 
Well, right. I've mentioned before to you, Brad, that with my two boys in school, when they come home weekly, I quiz. I always ask, what'd you learn today? I'll specifically hunt down those leftist ideas if they're getting talked about. And as soon as I hear both, <laughs> I open up, I open up. I open up a garbage can and I tip the boy upside down and I dump that right out of, out of his head and into the garbage can. And then I fill that empty space with the culture that I like. And that's my job as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and then they get to call you a loon when you're, they're older, dad, you're completely wrong. And then you guys can have a fight. Is it, well, is that not just the right way for it to be, happen? Like we all just right. look back at, yeah, it's just like, that's just natural order of things. But so my Guinness glass is currently empty. So I'm going to push for the closure of this episode. So why don't we give some closing thoughts? Uh, Bo, as the guest, why don't you kind of give us some closing thoughts on political correctness and what's going on around us? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm, as you can tell from the podcast, I'm pretty disturbed by it. I don't, buy in, into any of the wokeness. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Uh, if you don't like it, don't consume it. Um, I think once we start to cancel stuff and, and limit stuff, it's very dangerous slope. I think you, you just keep opening up doors and doors and doors and doors. And then before you know it, you have nothing left. So yeah, I, I'm not in favor of any of the wokeness or cancel culture. And I do kind of think that uh, back to the China thing, I think China has influenced our elites and institutions and is playing havoc with our culture. That's my take. Listen, Brad, what do you have to offer? I'm going to challenge Bo for the next time he comes on the podcast to not bring China into it at, at all. I'm going to try to... <laughs> the challenge Brad, for the next time Bo comes... <laughs> I'm going to bet you you're going to have a, a nice little friendly maybe, bet. Uh, maybe we should just call them the CCP, not China. Anyways, yeah, bro, I yeah, can exactly. do one podcast. I uh, we can we can we can do one podcast. No CCP. No, I'm just no CCP. <laughs> but that being said, no, there's it is a it is an interesting topic. You know somebody could come and debate us and say, you guys are completely wrong and probably come up with uh, a strong case to say, you guys are completely off base and none of this is uh, appropriate in the way you're talking. Like there's, there's two sides to everything and there's opinion. Then that's the thing that, that drives me is it's opinion. Everything is opinion. Nothing in this situation is truly fact. It's it's the, what you believe in and, and what's driven you and what's you know what you're made of is is who you are and the the reason why you say things and the reason why you act a certain way. And at the end of the day, you know, for me, it's about being a good person, being about a good being a good dad. You know, putting the right information in front of my kids and allowing them to experience the world uh, in a way that maybe I experienced it is in, in that, you know, everything's not rosy. Everything's not, you know, magical rainbows and unicorns. There's, there's good, bad and uh, indifferent in the world. And you should experience everything to come up with your own opinion in regards to the way you want to view the world. Right. And, um, like I said, I wouldn't want to come onto this or uh, any in, in any situation and, and and hurt somebody's feelings. That's the you know that's that's my point on it. It's like you know if it hurts somebody's feelings and um, we got to talk about it and, and, and 
kind of reason why that hurts their feelings. And um, maybe they're wrong in that their feelings are hurt. Maybe they're focusing on the wrong areas or maybe they're right. So um, I'm just going to sit on the fence tonight and sit there and say, yeah, that that's my opinion. Well said. I'll, uh, I'll quote the Ricky, uh, the great Ricky Gervais and say that your feelings don't make you right. And uh, quite frankly, I don't give uh, a lot of care uh, in regards to people's feelings. Uh, if you don't like what you see and hear, feel free to walk away. I don't want to stifle. Um, I don't want to stifle culture and art. I want things to be thrown out there. Uh, the general population will decide what is successful and what's not. And if people are putting out uh, horribly offensive racial rhetoric and everyone goes turns their back on it, that person disappears off into the ether, hope, hopefully. And then for everything else out there that... You know, you might not like a joke in a movie. You might not like a comedian. Um, too bad, so sad. Uh, the rest of us get to enjoy it while you go do your own thing. And that's how I probably leave it. And quite frankly, too, if you're turning into uh, tuning into something like the Grammys or the Oscars, uh, just like showing up at a, uh, a, ra- a rally in downtown Edmonton, you're a loser. Go find something better to do with your time. Thanks again for listening to Those Canadian Lads podcast. Give us a follow on social media. We're on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow and share it with your friends. Thanks again, and have a great night.